So do you know what your buyer personas are? Do you know what a buyer persona is? Are you using buyer personas in your business? Well, if you're using them or you're not using them, this is going to be great for you because on today's show, we've got Stormy Andrews. Stormy's written a book called The World's Best Buyer Persona System. So I guess we need to find out why it is the world's best. Hey everybody, welcome to the Better Presentations, More Sales podcast. This is Trevor Lee and this is episode 175. Goodness me, we're three quarters of the way through to another century of recordings. Fantastic. Now, if you're a new listener to the podcast, then of course you can access any of the previous 174 episodes on your usual podcast app, whether that's Spotify or Pod- Apple Podcasts or all the others, or you can go to my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk. And don't forget, if you want any help with your presentations or with your sales for you and your team, then I've reinvented all my offerings over the last few months and they are now on my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk. Very excited about them all because they're all very sharp, very focused. They're about 75 minutes per session, so we can do them all on Zoom. Oh, you know, someone was telling me the other day they had three hours of a coaching training session for their team on Zoom and it felt like forever. Well, it does, doesn't it? You know, so, you know, this is a new model that I'm going with here. And the feedback so far has been fantastic. 75 minutes, we might have three sessions or four sessions, depending on what you need for your team and how it's going to work. It's all huge value and so easy to organise and so easy for your team to be inspired and motivated by what I will be sharing with them. So have a look at my website, trevorleemedia.co.uk, and you'll find all the great stuff that I'm now offering and looking forward to working with you. Now, on today's podcast, I mentioned you the... I mentioned, I mentioned, I promised you the world's best buyer persona system with Stormy Andrews from Las Vegas. So, Stormy is on the show. He's coming up now. Let's meet Stormy. So, Stormy, it's great to have you on the show. Really excited to and looking forward to this episode. So, uh, welcome to the show. Would you like to tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely, Trevor. Thanks for having me on. You know what? I'm a guy that that has a digital marketing agency, but even more importantly than that, I'm a guy that people come to when, when they want to outsell and outgrow their competition. And the first thing that comes out of my mouth is, well, if you want to do that, the best way to do it is figuring out how to outsmart the competition. <laughs> well, I love that. And I'm hoping that, you know, we're going to have a great conversation around that. So tell us a little bit about, you know, how this all, where you, how you got to this position. So it's an interesting story. So before the world of the internet, I used to travel the country and speak on effective communication techniques. And uh, I had a consulting business. I used to train all sorts of organizations, their salespeople and their customer service people on how to communicate more effectively with their customers. Well, now we have this internet stuff and this internet stuff has taken this belly to belly to communication and it's made it a lot more impersonal because now you have a person that's speaking with a computer, right? (laughs) So I, I, I had this vision of how do we make these computers, how do we make them more effective employees, more effective salespeople and customer service reps? Well, the only way we can do that is making them a better communicator. How do you make them a better communicator where the first thing you have to do is 
you know, I discovered is you have to figure out more about your ideal customers, what their pain points are, triggering events, issues. Why are they looking for your solution now? And what are their motivators? If you can figure that out and then create messaging that's designed to address that more effectively, you can make your digital assets your most effective employees. And that's been my passion since I started Yoko Loco back in 2010. And I developed a system called the World's Best Buyer Persona System. It's won numerous awards, which has been pretty awesome. And it's being accepted by the marketing community um, uh, greater than I had ever hoped for. <laughs> well, that's great. And there's a book version of that as well, Stormy, isn't there? And we'll, um, we'll, uh, we'll talk about that in a, in a second or two. Sorry about that. Um, so, um, yeah, um, I mean, I often use the phrase customer first, you second, especially when I'm working with people on presentations. And uh, do you think generally, though, Stormy, that, that businesses and business people think enough about their customers rather than just concentrate on themselves? So, hey, I've got this great idea. I'm sure someone wants to buy it rather than thinking, as you say, about, you know, trying to understand how, how the customers think. I can tell you, absolutely not. They're not doing it. They're thinking about themselves. It's like this narcissistic behavior that most businesses have. They think that their products are so awesome and so great that everyone should want it. And uh, my experience has been that they're not spending nearly enough energy and effort figuring out and uh, figuring out the, what's most important to their customers and clients. And, and I can say that with authority because I'm in a unique position that I get to meet with hundreds, maybe thousands of business owners and leaders each year. And they like to think that they're thinking of their customers. But when we get into the weeds of it, and I ask the questions that they should know, they don't, which tells me that they have a belief system that they're doing it. But in reality, in reality, they're not. Because I noticed you had a phrase on your website, or in your in your profile somewhere, it said it's not who they are, but how they think. Absolutely. And those words are extremely important. One of the things that I think a big disconnect between many organizations and their customers is uh, not realizing that people make decisions based on emotions. And regardless what your business is, regardless what you sell or who you think you're selling to, you're doing business with people. You're not doing business with businesses. You're doing business with people within the organizations. And study after studies over the years, it's proven to be the case, but about 80% of our decisions are based on emotions. So if they're based on emotions, we need to figure out what those emotions are. And where a lot of personas are people thinking who their customers are, they're thinking of titles. Well, the, the person who has a title, I don't care what their title are, they have some sort of a motivation as it pertains to finding a solution, finding the, the, a, a solution to the problem or the pain point that they're experiencing. So what are those emotions? How can we appeal or address those emotions and those concerns and those, motivation, those motivating factors? That's where we get into how they think. And if we can do that, well, <laughs> if you can do that, you can create messaging and solutions that are better in alignment with your ideal customers. And the beauty of that, when you do it effectively, you end up with this synergistic approach to, or, or not a synergistic approach, but you enter, you, 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 you end up with this approach where you start to attract more of the customers you really, really want to do business with while simultaneously repelling the people you don't want to do business with. It's phenomenal when it's working on all cylinders. So why doesn't it happen then, Stormy? What's, what's, what's preventing people from doing this? I mean, you've explained it, you've got your, you know, your persona system, People could just, everybody could follow it and, it and it's game on. So what, what's holding everybody back? First of all, it's awareness. They just may not, they may not 
be aware that this is the way you're supposed to do things. Um, and then if we take awareness out of the, the, the equation, oftentimes, once again, when, when uh, I meet with organizations, there's usually pressure, whether it's coming from the top uh, or pressure within the department that they want results now, 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 now. So mm. what they end up doing is doing a lot of busy work to make it look like things are happening. They start looking at these vanity metrics so this way they can feel good. But in reality, they're just running around in circles. Oftentimes what I recommend organizations do, and you would not believe the amount of pushback that I get. I'm like, stop, let, let, <laughs> let's stop all this nonsense. Let's stop throwing money against the wall. Let's stop getting caught up in this shiny object syndrome. Let's figure out what your strategy is going to be. Let, let's do that, right? Let's figure out what tools and tactics you're going to use to implement that strategy. And how about we figure out what we should be measuring, what we shouldn't be measuring. Let's define what success is. You would not believe, Trevor, how many organizations that I get to speak with, and I'll ask what your definition of success with, what your definition of success is, they have no idea. So they don't <laughs> even have the ability of measuring what success is. So they tend to focus on the wrong stuff. So maybe they think they're successful or not, but it, it, it's... Uh, like I said, it usually comes down to either a, ignorance, they're just not aware that this type of methodology exists, or they're too consumed with what's happening today, instead of uh, having the ability of putting together a long term plan that has structure that has a documented journey, the right tools and tactics and measuring what should be measured. So, uh, Stormy, tell us a little bit about the, uh, well, very modestly named, the world's best buyer persona system. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a modest type of fella. <laughs> so, it's, it's interesting. When I was first introduced to buyer personas, um, I thought it was phenomenal. When, when uh, I, I put a lot of demographic data together, and at this point, this was pre-internet. And I'm the director of sales and marketing for a home builder. So I started putting buyer personas together, lots of demographic data. Well, what I noticed was once I had that demographic data, I really had no use for it. Uh, it didn't help me with my marketing messaging. It didn't help my salespeople. It didn't help my customer service department. It was just an incredible document that I got to show to leadership. And then it went on a shelf and collected tons of dust. So I wondered, are all personas that way? So I started diving deep into the world of personas. And what I found was, is that there was a lot of information missing. So over the years, I saw that some personas started getting better or some systems where they started adding some psychographic, some psychographic data to their personas. Well, the, the world's best buyer persona, when I put it together, fortunate, well, fortunately, I own a marketing agency and I have uh, some pretty talented people that work for me. So when I put this system together, besides bringing my experience of wanting to make digital uh, uh, assets communicate better, I had an incredible uh, resources that most people wouldn't have available to them. The team that helped me put this together, one of them was an ex-military intelligence officer. One of my employees that helped me put the final pieces together was a psychology major. Um, another individual was responsible for 50,000 pieces of content that's been published on the internet. A, uh, so I, I had a wide variety of people with an incredible amount of, of knowledge that helped me get into the what's important, what's not important to create messaging that's designed to resonate with people's motivations along their buyer's journey. And that's the important part. The buyer's journey, sometimes people are in the awareness stage. They're just, they just become aware that they have a problem. They don't know what to do or how to turn to. That messaging for someone in the awareness stage is going to be totally different 
than the messaging you would create for someone in the consideration stage, which would be totally different than someone that's in the decision stage. So the world's best buyer persona isn't only identifying who your ideal client is, but it's helping you navigate the waters regardless of where they're at within their buyer's journey and help them along the, the buyer's journey to help speed up the sales process and have happier clients, ultimately, uh, more of them and, 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 and more satisfied clients because you understand them better so you can tweak your offerings. And uh, in addition to that, creating resources, material, and messaging that's beneficial to them because we're looking at it from their lens versus the lens of the business. So, Stormy, when you work with organizations and you, you, know, you work with them on your buyer persona system, do you find that some of them, when you're working your way through it, and is this linked to your marketing wheel, by the way, which I, I saw on your website, is there a link between the two things? Absolutely. So when I look at marketing, I break marketing into eight parts. I'll share those with you, and I'll just share with you how the buyer persona is related. So if we think of a marketing wheel, instead of just thinking of marketing as marketing, well, I like to think of marketing in eight parts, uh, starting with awareness. From awareness, then we look at lead generation, the second spoke of the wheel. From lead generation, uh, you know, we look at engagement. Uh, engagement, we have conversion optimization. From conversion optimization, we have wow. What does wow mean? Well, how are you wowing people once they become your customer? Uh, oftentimes, you know, some purchase decisions are met with fear and trepidation. So having the ability of wowing them can go a long way to keeping them retained as a customer long-term. Then you have the customer ladder. You know, what is the process of taking customers to clients and clients to advocates and advocates ultimately to raving fans? From there, we have referrals uh, or reviews and then referrals. Well, if you want to have a meaningful, a meaningful impact of those eight areas, what can impact and affect all of those eight areas. Well, that's the world's best buyer persona system. How am I going to improve my awareness? How am I going to improve my referrals or testimonials or lead generation or conversion optimization if I don't know anything or if I don't know everything that should be known about my ideal client? So I like to think of the world's best buyer persona as the hub to that marketing wheel. It's the hub that directly impacts and affects uh, all eight areas or all eight spokes of the marketing wheel. So uh, my question is going to be, Stormy, when you're working with, working with your clients and you, and you work them with your buyer persona system and you in, introduce the marketing wheel, do you find that some of them uh, are thinking, oh, my goodness, we've been going after the wrong piece of people for the last 20 years? Do you get that sort of thing happening? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, oftentimes, I'll, you know, what we'll discover is they may think they have a, a pretty healthy business, and oftentimes they do. But when the question comes up uh, of, are you doing business with who you would like to do business with, or are you just doing business with whoever you can get? There's a big difference. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah quite. That is a realization that happens. Usually, you know, the, the organizations are in business, so they're doing something right. This is designed to optimize and improve their margins, their bottom line, customer satisfaction, employee satisfaction. It's really designed to have a, a, a tremendous impact within that organization because it's really designed to improve all aspects of the organization as it pertains to the customer. And do you find that when, when your, you know, your customers, your clients realize all this and they go, oh, the light bulb moment or whatever you want to call it, think, right, okay, how easy is it for them to actually then 
you know, not just not, not get excited about it because I can see that, but I'm thinking about this implementation, this change through their organization, this cultural shift. How does that happen? And, and, and is that something you help them with? We do. And, and that's the beauty of the marketing wheel. You see, when we look at the marketing wheel and we will have them go through a self audit and we will audit those eight spokes to find out where the strengths and the weaknesses are. Typically what we find is that there are some areas that will take a minimal amount of effort that can have a tremendous impact to the organization. And we recommend that if they're doing it on their own, that they focus on that element of the business. Let's not be consumed or concerned with everything. Let's mm. just fix that one spoke. Let's take that to the next level. The other thing that we realize with these organizations is that oftentimes uh, as they go through the exercise, which is every time, and I can say this every single time we've gone through the process, process we get feedback that it's enlightening and it's eye-opening. But what we find or what they find is that they have a inventory of half-built bridges within their organization. Right. What I mean by that is they have a uh, initiatives that they've started and not completed. And there's usually dozens of these half-built bridges. And the reason oftentimes that it was started and not completed is because they weren't measuring what should be measured. They really didn't have a clearly identified strategy. They didn't have the right tools and tactics, but when we go through the marketing will exercise and when we go through the buyer's persona, they, we, we start to review some of these half-built bridges and they're like, whoa, wait a second. We've got a few half-built bridges. Let's go finish one of those bridges. Let's fix it. it and oftentimes it doesn't take that much energy. Let's fix the bridge. Let's figure out what we should be measuring. And now we can use that completed bridge to build other bridges. So oftentimes they just have a lot of stuff that's half built and half done that haven't been executed or implemented, implemented properly. Do you think one of those is, because from my experience, I, I, I recognize what you're talking about with half-built bridges. And I'm thinking now, I've seen a few of those where typically, you know, the leader of the organization, the CEO or whoever, you know, um, goes, you know, goes somewhere and comes back with this great idea and they start to implement it and they bring somebody in to do it. And then, of course, they can't see it through. And is that is that how is that kind of a, am I on the right lines there in describing a half-built bridge? 100 percent. And they have a great idea that they can't see through the CEO. They're the visionary. So they think this this idea, this shiny object or uh, should be done within 60 days. Why can't we get it done within 60 days? Right. <laughs> and in reality, this is something that should take six months. And because the CEO hasn't received pushback or he hasn't seen a clearly defined documented journey to see things that are moving along. Well, the subordinates that report to them tend to abandon the project because they don't know what to report on. And there's been nothing agreed upon beforehand that, that, that has set realistic expectation, expectations. So it gets abandoned moving on to the next shiny object because now the CEO sees something else because the CEO's decided, oh, that doesn't work. Let's go to something <laughs> else. That doesn't work. Well, yeah, it doesn't work because you've only given 60 days into something that you should have given six months. <laughs> now you talked uh, right at the beginning, Stormy, about outsmarting your competition and things like yep. that. So, um, what I mean, I, I guess you must see that when you go and work with these clients, that you know, okay, they're not, you know, they're they're ready, they're primed for this thinking about the customer more. But what about the everyday marketing mistakes that they're making? Do you see those as well that are not helping them with their sales growth? Absolutely, they're wasting a lot of time, energy, effort, and money. And, you know, even going through the world's best buyer persona system or, or just the marketing wheel, going through the marketing wheel is a great process to help identify your strengths and weaknesses. And uh, with the world's best buyer persona, where it takes you into is where you should be 
putting the vast majority of your resources, your energy, your investment. It really helps that in, in, in regards to that clarity. And oftentimes that's what's missing, it's clarity. So uh, when clarity is missing, you tend to act like a bull in a china shop, just doing anything and everything. So you feel like things are being accomplished because you're busy, but busy work doesn't cut it. And I guess you must have seen some roaring success uh, on the back of this with some absolutely you, you know uh I, i've got numerous case studies probably the one that i'm most excited about uh, that we implemented for a collision center and this was one of the first organizations that we were able to apply it to a collision center right when we started so it was on our, our, our first customers that came on board uh, with us back in 2010 was a collision center doing about four million dollars in business in 2008 Nine, uh, 2019, he received an unsolicited offer to buy his business for 35 million. That's incredible. Wow. And uh, he had a one year no compete within the market of the people who purchased the collision center. And that was here in Las Vegas. He reopened a new collision center last year in Flagstaff, Arizona. We've taken the same system, applied it there. And, and um, it's a 30,000 square foot collision center. And he does not have space for the amount of cars that he's getting. And it's, it's, you know, with collision centers, a lot of people think, well, how can you apply this to a collision center? You know, if someone gets an accident, they get in an accident. Well, for a lot of people, their cars are their baby. And if your car is your baby, and if you can create messaging that's designed to appeal to the people that see their automobiles as their babies, you tend to get people that aren't necessarily, or they're not as concerned about price, they're more concerned about value. So it's a more profitable business in an endeavor. And we have numerous case studies uh, across a wide variety of industries. But when I received the phone call from him, letting me know that he had to terminate our contract because he sold his million, his business for $35 million, uh, it, it was bittersweet. And we had numerous calls where we've been fired because of organizations that had more business that they, than they can uh, accommodate. So those are the, some of the best stories. Great stuff. I hope you got some sort of commission system going with him. That would have been quite lucrative. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> now, Stormy, before we wrap up, I'm going to, well, when we wrap up, I'm going to ask you in a minute or two just to give our listeners two or three things that they can go away and do straight away, you know, implement to their business, take to their boss, whatever it is that will be of use to them. But before we do that, uh, just remind our listeners, A, how to get hold of you and your business, but also what, what resources you've got available and where they can find them. Probably the best, well, not even probably, the absolutely the best place to go is go to outsmarttools.com. When you go to outsmarttools.com, you will see a variety of links. We have a link to yokolocal.com. We have a link to stormyandrews.com and links to purchase my book, The World's Best Buyer Persona System. But on that page, when you get there, there is a link for the marketing wheel. It's a free exercise where I will walk you through building your marketing will, there will be a series of videos and questions that you can ask where you can self-identify and self-audit your business, your strengths, your weaknesses to help provide clarity in regards to what you're doing in your business. If you go through the marketing will exercise and you find out you want more, well then go to Amazon and buy a copy of the book because it will help <laughs> you learn more about your customers so you can uh, affect whichever area of the marketing will that needs to have that shot of adrenaline. So outsmarttools.com is the where to, is where to go. Great stuff. And you've got a new podcast uh, in the wings or maybe live by I, now? 
I do. It's not live yet. Uh, we'll be heading into the recording studio soon. Currently, the reason we're not in the, the, the studio right now is because I'm recording the audiobook for the world's best buyer persona system. So once we're done recording the audiobook, we have a new podcast called The Factor, spelled with PH. So it's, it's the PH Factor or Factor, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but the cool thing about The Factor, that podcast will be dedicated to providing the listeners ways and resources and ideas on how to outsmart, outthink, and outwit the competition. Great stuff. Well, Stormy, this has been absolutely terrific. So if you've got a, you know, one or two tips that you can leave us with, that would be amazing. So here are the tips. I would have you ask yourself this as it pertains to your customers. This way we will know, or at least you will know, if you're really thinking about, uh, uh, or if you're really thinking about your customers and you're putting them first. Do you know the what motivates your ideal customers to do business with you? What's their primary motivator? What are their triggering events? What noise are they seeing in the marketplace? What are they being told? What are they hearing? And what are they doing as it pertains to looking for a solution? If you can answer those questions, you're well on the way and you are uh, uh, to some extent putting your customers first. But if you can't answer those questions instantaneously, I'd recommend picking up a copy of the book, The World's Best Buyer Persona System. And if not, not my book, Spend some sort of energy and effort where you can dive in and research and understand your customers' motivations, their needs, their wants, their desires, and figure out how you can position yourself as the, as the number one resource or at least a qualified resource to people that find themselves in that position. Great stuff. Uh, Stormy, I'll put those questions in the show notes for listeners, along with uh, along with the link to outsmarttools.com and everything else that you've mentioned. So it's been a real pleasure having you on the show. I mean, some fantastic stuff there. And so if I'm sure the listeners will all go away now thinking, crikey, do we know what our definition of success is and all those other things? And do we really understand who our buyers are? So that's been really thought provoking, which is all the, you know, what I'm trying to do with this podcast is get listeners to, you know, think, whoa, what can I do now? So fantastic to have you on the show. Thank you very much indeed. Awesome, Trevor. It was a pleasure being here with you. You know, there's one thing about being a podcast host is that you get to meet. I feel like I get private one-to-one coaching, you know, when I'm listening to my guests and interviewing them. So it is fantastic. And, you know, it's the takeaways for me, those three great questions, which I'll put in the show notes, which Stormy gave us at the end. But also, you know, I was thinking about the half-built bridges that he talked about early on. You know, and how many half-built bridges have you got? How many have I got? <laughs> I know that my online presentation course, which is sitting on the Thinkific platform, is a half-built bridge. I know that my 44 at 60 business book, Business Lessons from Running 44 at 60, is a kind of half-built bridge as well. So I bet you, like me, have got several half-built bridges. So one of the things that I took away from this was that I need to get out there and make my bridges complete, as I'm sure you do as well. And, you know, that thing that Stormy said at the beginning about understanding how your customers think. Do you really know that or are you just assuming you know it? And are you, again, just falling into this trap of throwing stuff at them because that's what you want to do? And it's what you want them to hear rather than is it what they really need and is it what they want to hear? You remember, you know, in the seminars that I do, I bang on about, you know, customer first, you second and that people buy from people. So one of the great things for me is that I get a lot of these great guests on the show and it kind of affirms what I'm doing myself and the stuff that I'm offering. 
So if you'd like me to work with you on some uh, work on your sales development with your team or some presentation skills maybe, then then do get in touch. You know, drop me a line, trevor at trevorleemedia.co.uk. If you like the podcast, then please share it. Uh, leave a review that would be absolutely amazing and well the summer we've got you know we're well into the summer now here in the UK but we've got a whole array of guests coming your way soon as well so thanks very much for listening see you next time